0: Welcome to Gear Up with Gear Experts, episode 29, NWSA. Gear Up with Gear Experts is a bi-weekly show hosted by me, John Medina, and my colleague, Alex Giddings. The show is for at-height workers, industry, and construction, and is brought to you and produced by GME Supply and Columbia Safety and Supply. This episode's theme is NWSA. Effective June 1st of this year, 2020, in case you're listening to this at some point in the future, 25% of all climbers working on SBA communication sites must be NWSA-certified, with a minimum of one certified technician on-site. This number will jump to 50% effective February 1st of 2021. Today, we are proud to welcome Ben Bowman back as our guest in the studio. Ben first joined us on episode 12 and is the Director of Sales and Marketing for Safety LMS. Safety LMS is the tower industry's number one source for training. Thanks for coming on the show again, Ben. We're excited to have you back in the studio to talk all about the NWSA requirements. So, let's get to the fun part. Questions. Alex. to start the questions
1: sure john so ben let's start with nwsa in general what is nwsa and what is their purpose
2: hey alex hey john thanks for having me on again the nwsa is the national wireless safety alliance and it was developed in order to get a minimum standard for the skills that the tower tech climbers have in order to do the actual work on sites so there was a realization by the experts in the industry that they understood that there was no minimum requirements in order to understand what the minimum level of skilled workers there are within the industry there was different requirements for certifications for safety competent rigging competent climbing that type of thing but there was never any training or certification levels for skilled workers and the jobs that they were actually doing on a day-to-day basis the group of experts got together and they developed the nwsa and put together several different tests to be able to get a baseline level of can person x do x y and z jobs in the field
1: yeah so it's the skills outside of how to climb safely right A lot of the job is more than just climbing up the tower, working up there safely and climbing back down. There's a lot of more technical stuff that they need to know. And so setting out and building out that curriculum was really important.
0: Yeah, exactly right. To get the NWSA certification, what type of test is actually going to be required?
2: Yeah, so there's a written portion that's taken at a PSI testing location all across the US. Those are the tests that you need to take if you've ever taken an online course at college or in high school and you need to go to that certified location and they are the proctor for it. It's very heavily structured. You go through a metal detector, you take everything out of your pockets and it's basically just you and the computer. You sit down, you run through the uh, number of questions on there and then you leave and uh, it's a yes, no, did you pass, did you fail type exam. Then after that, uh, you contact anyone on the NWSA website that is a certified examiner for these NWSA exams and they can schedule the practical portion of the exams with you. And unlike the Competent Rigging and the Competent Climber course, there's no prerequisite training course that goes with it. This is based off the knowledge that you've learned from your day-to-day activities and what you've learned from the candidate handbook uh, that can be found on the NWSA website. So once it's scheduled with a practical examiner, you come in 30 minutes before the exam, you hand them the candidate application, and basically the examiner and the student are the only people that are allowed in the room and the examiner reads off a set of directions on what to do and the person taking the test has to follow them. There's not any direction given by the examiner. There's not any feedback given on how they've done it. They sit there with a piece of paper and a pen and tick, yes, no, did they do it correctly? Did they not do it correctly? two hours is the time limit for the NWSA TTT1 and 90 minutes is the time allowed for the NWSA TTT2 course. After that 90 minutes or the two hours is through, the candidate leaves and the examiner submits all the forms back into the NWSA and the NWSA takes care of the rest of it. They'll go ahead and they'll grade it. They'll issue the certification or they'll say, no, you're sorry, you failed. Please try again.
1: So is this something that if a climber is completely new to the industry, they have their competent climber, competent rescuer, they would be able to study off that handbook and successfully pass this course?
2: So if someone comes into the industry, they're going to be certified as an authorized climber first for the first 90 days that they're in there. And within that 90 days, there's a chance that they get enough experience to be able to pass the TTT1 exam. However, it's kind of based on what they've done during that time. If it's covered a lot of the things that are covered in the test however it's going to be subjective based on the person so it's a matter of having them in there and uh you really want to send your experienced guys first to give them a try and kind of see how they go with it uh that would be my recommendation anyway and then after that kind of get feedback and and they can be the ones that say all right you know this guy's ready to go in there based on what he's done and and kind of go from there it's not designed for someone to come fresh green off the streets have a study manual and go straight in. That's not how it's designed. It's designed to get a level of competency in the different skills.
1: It's kind of like having your learner's permit when you're driving, and then you go and actually get your full driver's license.
2: Exactly right. And the best way that I kind of can make an analogy of it is like the SAT exam from going from high school to college. You learn everything through high school in the different courses along the way. And then you've got a standardized test at the end that gives you a score And based on that score, you can get into different colleges along the way. So not a perfect example, but that's the best one I can think of. Everything is made up in that test is standardized based on what you've learned over the past couple of years.
0: So with a lot of different trainings, um, you have to go get recertified every so many years. Is there any kind of recertification process with the NWSA certifications?
2: Yeah, the NWSA certification is every three years, you need to come back and be recertified through both the practical and the written tests. The big difference between that and the normal safety courses is the safety courses stay with the company that trains them. The company competency is deemed by the company that they work for. Therefore, when someone leaves, those certs should be staying and not following with the company. The NWSA certification, since it's just a test of skill, and not a competency-based certification, travel with the employee through the life of the certification. So if they get the cert and then they leave the company a month later, unfortunately, that's going to happen sometimes, that certification stays with them for the three years until it expires, and then they need to get another one after that.
1: And I want to clarify, I think you said the safety certifications do not follow with the climber.
2: Yeah. The safety certifications do not go with the climber. They stay with the company. So if the climber leaves the company at that time, they shouldn't go with them. It's it's a pretty big misconception within the industry right now. However, they should be staying with the company, not leaving with the employee.
1: Cool. So can you take us through the process for someone to partner with Safety LMS to take the certification exam?
2: Yeah, so there's two options that they can go about doing this. One, uh, although not called the Train the Trainer program, it's a practical examiner, follows the way that the Train the Trainer program goes for the safety certification. So they can take the NWSA TTT1 exam, the NWSA TTT2 exam, both written and practical, and then attend a practical examiner workshop. After that point, they can then be the examiner for other people within the industry. It's not located just to their company. They can test anyone throughout the industry. And at that point, that cuts down costs because you're only having one guy to do it. Or much like the other certifications, you can call up safety LMS or any of the other authorized examiners and have them come out and run the exams on location at a centralized location. And typically then you'll be paying the NWSA fees, but then you'll also be paying the the time for the examiner to come into market.
0: And in addition to the NWSA exams, what other training solutions does Safety LMS have available?
2: Yeah, so we have uh, training certifications for basically any certification that you're going to need to get on a tower. Anything from competent rigging to competent climber. We've got train the trainer for competent rigging, train the trainer for competent climber. And then we've just developed a whole lot of online courses So RF Awareness, Capstan Operations, Aerial Lift, we've got a Spanish version of RF courses and then we're working on many more uh, that are going to be released in 2020 and beyond. So keep an eye out for those as they come out and yeah, we can help with basically anything that you're going to need to be able to get certified and on a tower.
1: Is there a good way for people to stay up to speed on what online courses may be available from Safety LMS?
2: Yeah, so they can always check out our website, safetylms.com or get signed up to our newsletter, which you can also do through our website. And we're always releasing different updates that we've got going on. And at least once a year, we're updating our competent rigging and competent climber certifications. JP Jones is our president. He's on a bunch of boards throughout the industry. So he knows what different changes are coming down the line and is at the forefront of the different safety standards that are released with the industry. So we're always looking to keep updated and be the most up-to-date company within the industry for especially
0: competent rigging and competent climbing, but all of the certifications along the way. Thank you so much for coming on the show to talk about NWSA certification and exams, Ben. But we do have one more question before we let you go. If someone wanted to reach out to get more information on training schedules and course options, what are some other ways that they could reach Safety LMS?
2: There's a few ways that they can reach out to Safety LMS. They can call at 512-710-5000. They can email us at info at or they can head over to safetylms.com and click on the chat icon at the bottom right-hand corner or you can check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram or Twitter at safetylms.
1: Thanks Ben. We'd also like to remind listeners that Safety LMS offers a full selection of in-person and online training courses like Ben had mentioned. They also have regularly scheduled training sessions at their eight nationwide training facilities. You can access Safety LMS's full training catalog at jamiesupply.com and colsafety.com. You can also contact our gear experts with any questions at 718-210-3913 by email at info at gmesupply.com or via instant chat. Use the instant chat by heading over to gmesupply.com or clfsafety.com and hitting the click here to chat button in the lower right hand corner.
0: Now it's time to move on to our weekly insight. Ben just dropped some knowledge bombs about NWSA. Training is an important part of the job, but knowing your gear and what gear you need in specific situations is important too. Alex, let's break down high visibility gear and the ANSI 107-2015 standard.
1: Sure, John. So, ANSI 107-2015 covers approved high-vis gear. These classes are based on hazards on the job site, complexity, vehicular traffic, and speed. All compliant high-vis safety gear must be balanced in design with specific material requirements to meet the standard. No less than 40% of the minimum required reflective and background material has to be present on both the front and back of the garment, ensuring visibility from the front and back.
0: Exactly, Alex. There are also markings that are required to be on the apparel. Those markings are the manufacturer's name, an item number, size, ANSI-ISEA standard, including year, indication of compliance of flame resistance. If not flame resistant, it must show this garment is not flame resistant as defined by ANSI-ISEA 107-2015. A pictogram showing garment type, class, and level of reflective performance, and the maximum number of wash processes. For example, if the garment can only be washed 50 times, it should say max 50.
1: And that maximum wash number is something that I think a lot of people might overlook. The fact is, the longer you wash things, they fade, and that's a really important thing to think about to make sure you're in compliance. High visibility requirements don't just stop there. Be sure to check back on our next weekly insight where we'll discuss garment categories and performance classes.
0: We'd also like to remind everyone that while the show is meant to be fun, entertaining, and informative, it is not intended to replace proper in-depth training. Manufacturer's instructions must also be followed and reviewed before any equipment is used, and proper training should be received before operating any equipment or before climbing. We'd like to hear from you about why you climb. Email us a voice message at gearup at gearexperts.com about why you climb and what climbing means to you for a chance to be featured on the show and win some swag, of course. We hope you had fun and found a lot of value in today's episode. You can find more information and detailed show notes at gearexperts.com episode 29. Get social with us at gearexpertshow, at GME Supply, and at COL Safety on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Gear Up with Gear Experts is available on all major podcast listening platforms. Hit that subscribe button if you're new to the show. We'd really appreciate it. And don't forget to tell your friends, too. If you got a few extra seconds to drop a rating and review in an Apple Podcasts and let us know how we're doing, that'd be awesome. Gear Up with Gear Experts is presented, produced, and edited by GME Supply and Columbia Safety and Supply. Your hosts are Alex Giddings and John Medina. And until next time, climb higher. <laughs>